Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Gratefully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling, episode 157. And today we're going to talk about how we can navigate our grief, but also be mindful of others. That's one of the topics I want to talk about because I am feeling a little guilty. I, I did something recently that I, I think was not considerate. So I was scrolling through my phone the other day and I came across a video on Instagram, which was my grandmother and my dad. And it was a video of them when I gave them a copy of my book. I think it was my first book. I gave them a copy of it and they were saying how proud of me they were and how thankful they were. And they were talking and moving around. And so I don't know if you're anything like myself, but that can be a little unnerving and to an extent bring a lot of heartbreak and and sadness instantly. And so I wasn't expecting to come across it, but I was looking back on my Instagram for something and I came across that. So I saved it to my phone and I told my wife, I said, I'm not going to post this on social media, though, because I want to be considerate of my family and people who knew my grandmother and how and my father and how that could be catch you off guard. Like you're just scrolling, having a good day, beautiful Friday, then you see someone who has been passed who had passed away for years now live talking. It's 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 something that can take your breath away. And so I said I wasn't going to do that. Now, something about me when I get I, I'm learning this that I get in these uncomfortable, weird spaces with death. And then I just say things that are very blunt, very could be considered, I guess, inappropriate um, in terms of the death. And so I did that the other night. I was just feeling goofy and silly and. I was like, oh, Tyne, do you want to play a game? And she's like, no. And then she's like, okay, sure. So in my weird mind, this is not funny. The game was that when she looked, I was going to press play on the video that I found of my grandma and my dad. And so she got upset about it and was and was annoyed with me for doing that. And I, I really thought, like, because I'm in this mode where I'm being more free with watching this video... I should be considerate of other people, especially her, because she went through those losses as well. And that's something that's very difficult to process sometimes. And I think when you're dealing with like your own grief, it can just seem like it's just your feelings. And while I was considerate about my family and them seeing it online, I didn't take the same consideration of seeing it in my phone because she was aware that I had the video. So I guess it's kind of where it was not to make an excuse. I feel bad about it. And I certainly apologized. And I was just wondering, like, should I talk about this on the show? Because I felt so bad. And I wonder if other people have maybe felt that way where they speak so bluntly and freely about the loss, about the death, and then other people are made to feel really uncomfortable. And so it's like, how do you be expressive and communicate your feelings and your emotions and where you are and your healing journey and how you're going to continue to move through that, but at the same time, being considerate of other people and their feelings. So take it from me. Do not do things like that. It is rude. It's inconsiderate. It's just... I don't know. I might even say that that act was 
very childish and, and immature. And so I am going to apologize publicly, Son, I'm sorry for that. And I really do want to make sure that, you know, I don't I don't think that seeing them was to be funny. I don't think that that part of it was funny at all. I was just, I think, uncomfortable in my emotions and just being immature in that way. And so that's what I did. And yeah, that was pretty corny and pretty lame of me. Moving along. I posted a video on Instagram recently, and it was a flashback from a conversation that I had with Tierra, which is Brow Freak Beauty here in South Jersey area. And she was sharing about the importance of how silence can become, I said it, how silence can become offensive. And that when people, when people aren't talking to you or asking you about how you're feeling, how you're doing, you take it as if they don't care, that your grief and your problems are no longer of importance to them. It, it's not something that's really of, of concern, if that will make sense. And so I wanted to talk about it today because some of the comments that we had on there where some people were saying, yes, like, I, I want people to talk to me about it. They don't talk to me about it. I do feel like feel forgotten. There was also comments that I found interesting where people were saying that they didn't want to talk about it. So they so actually someone asking them how they're feeling or how they're doing was actually like triggering and they didn't feel good about that. And I was like, OK, that's that's definitely something. And then but then the person one of the comments did say maybe because it was too soon so maybe depending on where you are in your healing journey. And so I, I think to reframe that talking about silence is not the key was the title on it was silence was not the key. How to support someone that's grieving. And so Tierra was just saying how like she wants people to check on her and to to communicate and ask how she's feeling. Otherwise, she'll feel forgotten. Other people were like, no, I don't want people to talk to me about it. I'm, I'm not in a place where I want to discuss it. So what I take away from that is what I've been when saying all along is that we're also individual in our healing, in our grief and how we move through it, that it's important for us to be our own best advocates and try to, I guess, educate and tell the people in our lives how we want to be supported and asking them, asking someone what does support look like and then letting them answer that question and be OK with that. Moving into a different conversation as well is I presented that question to one of my really close friends this week. And she's going through some difficult things right now with her family and her mom. And I asked her, what does support look like? And she's like, honestly, Jay, I don't know. And I, and, and I felt that. I, I feel like she truly didn't know. And she said because she's been going so fast, like just moving and trying to stay busy so that she doesn't have to sit in that, right? Sit in the fear, sit in the worry, sit in the concern. And I can rock with that. Because sometimes you just keep going because that fear, that silence, the moment where everything stops is scary. But what, what I took from that was that a lot of us don't know what that support will look like and, and maybe haven't been presented with that question. So when I say to ask people that, maybe you can say, well, what does support look like for you? For me, in a scenario like this, this is what support will look like. Does that seem like something that will work for you? Is there anything I can do? Because in this situation, I felt like all I could really do was pray. I'm a believer in prayer. And so I wanted to pray. And, and you know, her mom means a great deal to me. And so I definitely want to make sure that I'm praying and being supportive and reaching out. And then I talked about how, you know, I have things going on. Other friends have things going on. She has things going on. And we all just have to try to make a little bit better effort to communicate but not in like a surface way. So not in like, hey, I see you on Instagram. I see you on Facebook. I shoot you a text here and there. Like really get into these conversations and say like, hey, 
How is life literally? What's new with you, good or bad? I love that. What's new with you, good or bad? Because just asking someone how they're doing, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but it came back up with this because this is someone who is really dealing with a lot, a lot, just juggling a lot because we all know when we're dealing with grief, which is sorrow, so I'm not saying anyone in her life passed away, but when we're dealing with these difficult times, everything else in our life does not stop. There's no pause to say, hey, I know you're going through a lot. I'm going to give you a break. No, life doesn't play like that. It doesn't play fair. You've heard that plenty of times. And so in this situation, it's like someone has the weight of the world on their shoulders. And then you ask, how could you support them? And they're not not really sure. They're not really sure because I think we and I said this to her. I said, you know, that's a part of, I think, our identity that we've adapted to And we feel most comfortable in is to keep going, to be strong, to be resilient, to say, hey, if not me, who? If not me, who? If I don't do X, Y and Z, who's going to do it? That's another powerful statement that I think a lot of us are operating and walking around with. And it could be based on your experience. Maybe your life has been if not me, then who? But I want to challenge you and I implore you and myself as well to reach out and to lean on other people and find that support. Because at the end of the day, we all need it. I think if we could do it by ourselves, the need for companionship and relationship wouldn't be. But as a a human body, I think as a species, we are naturally drawn to relation and interaction and communication and things like that. But for some reason, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's coming from a place of feeling weak to ask for help. I think we just aren't used to it often. I think some of us are are just too uncomfortable with that, the asking for help. And and so it's not even a possibility when you're looking at solutions to problems. The answer isn't in delegation. Based on certain experiences and traumas in your life, I would I would go out to argue to say that when we're looking at finding solutions to certain problems, delegation is not the answer. It's how can I do X, Y, and Z, not how can I do this and how can I ask that person to help me do this and do this and et cetera. And so I want to personally work on that as I go into parenthood because I can only imagine how difficult certain times can be. And if we can't say, hey, we need help. This is what's going on. This is what's burning in us. This is what's troublesome. I'm I'm tired Just being able to say that, not even just about parenthood in general. If you're not able to say, I am tired, I am going through something, then we are definitely not being our best advocates. We are not giving ourselves the best shot to succeed in this healing journey, to be able to keep fighting through everything that's coming our way. If we can't say, I'm sinking and I really truthfully need help right now. It's so important for us to grasp that. And the last thing I kind of want to really get into here is the power of conversation. And so the last two days I've, I've run into people and, and one gentleman specifically, his name is Damon and he's at a Jiffy Lube location. I believe he's a manager, maybe part owner. I'm not quite sure, but my car kind of got where it, it reached the H and it was like, whoa, I still have an hour left on my drive. I'm not trying to have my car overheat. Let me go and see if I can get some quick service. So I go there immediately. They're willing to help me. We talk about what's going to need to get done. They're looking at everything. He's making sure that his technicians are being very thorough. But in between that, he comes over and sits down in the lobby, not at the counter, and just says to me, like, how are you doing? And then he says, how has the, the pandemic impacted you? And I was like, wow, this is just a beautiful thing to just have someone come up and just ask this question where he doesn't have to. Him asking me this question is not going to 
be the determining factor if I utilize their services or not. That was just something that he asked me. And from there, we were able to get into some pretty deep conversation about life, about loss, about everything. And I was like, I said to God before grief, God, really, this is what you want me to talk about. And that was one of the things that bridged the gap with myself and Damon in our conversation, because loss is universal. Loss is something that, that unfortunately weaves us all together in this web that we call life and our experiences. And so it was a deep conversation, a beautiful conversation, but it was just the power of it. And he did let me go without taking care of my services from a financial standpoint. He's like, this is how we do things here. They made sure I was good and that's going to stick with me. One thing that people are going to always remember is how you made them feel. And that's super important for us to understand that. And so if we cannot articulate and tell our story and talk about where we are in our life and what we have going through. One of the things in one of these conversations I have recently is that someone said they opened up to someone else about just going to therapy and just dealing with some depression stuff. And then that person said, hey, me too. I I've been through that as well. But if we're not talking, if we're not communicating, if we're letting shame bury us, then we might be stifling our opportunity at having some healing having some camaraderie as we continue to move through this. The whole thing about bullying grief is so that we can fight it together. But we can't do that. We can't get our soldiers, our people to get in a ring with us if we're not communicating where we are. So do your best to communicate. If you don't want people talking to you about your problems and your grief and your loss, then let them know. But if you do, also let them know about that. If you find yourself in a situation over the next couple of weeks where you can have some powerful dialogue with people that you don't know, I, I encourage you to do it. You never know what's going to come from that conversation. And if you feel like you have so much going on in your life and someone asks you for support, what does it look like? Try to figure something out because because nine times out of 10, there is something that someone could take off your plate to ease your burden. And I'm sending so much love out to my friend and her family and everybody that's going through difficult times right now and, and just believing that that God is a healer and things can absolutely turn around. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Grateful Lee Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something to apply to your life. I ask you and encourage you to share it with someone else in your life. Leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube. Leave me a, a review if you're listening to the audio, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And as always, feel free to shoot me a DM and let me know how things are helping you or not helping you or, or what we can talk about further. I try my best to respond to everybody, but you cannot do that if you're not following me over Instagram. So make sure you follow me there at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. Guys, the next time you already know, love and light. Peace. Mm -hmm.